live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Coming up on 12 Minutes After 6 on Wisconsin's Morning News, Mike Spaulding in for Eric Bilstead through the week. How many news releases do you think we get every week, Mike? Lots, right? Into the, yeah, into the oh, newsroom. 50? Yeah, right? Yeah, I'd say 50, give or take. Try to at least give them all a scan, right? Yes, absolutely. Look. Yeah, some especially of, if they're local. You know, Some yeah. of them become things that we talk about, mm-hmm. some of them not so much. We got a one-two punch. We got a news release, and then we got a correction. All right. <laughs> that I want to take a polite jab at, if you will. You know, I think we certainly all acknowledge in this Women's History Month that elevating stories of women past and in our time now, breaking ground, doing great things that's good and important, and his dad raising two daughters to be strong and independent and amazing in every way. I know these stories matter to them. They inspire them. Well, somebody thought they had a big, historic, glass-ceiling-breaking announcement recently. Remember, Milwaukee County, we've been looking for a new chief medical examiner since the last guy either got fired or quit. Still can't quite seem to get a definitive answer. We're still looking for the old medical examiner as well. <laughs> right, because he went ghost and was like not even showing up to testify in court. Well, that dude's out. Milwaukee County is sadly overwhelmed in the medical examiner's office. Record number of both homicide victims and drug overdose victims in the recent past. And then the position of chief medical examiner, very important spot. So the county has their man. Only it's not a man. It's a woman. It's a great fanfare in a news released issued by Milwaukee County uh, County Executive David Crowley's office. Dr. Wislawa Tlamak was hired for the job. The appointment received unanimous backing from the Milwaukee County Board. Dr. Tlamak has a great history, an immigrant to America, now stepping into this very important job. And so fitting here in Wisconsin's Women's History Month that Milwaukee celebrates this historic first. The news release states in large font under the headline, Dr. Tlamek is the first woman in Milwaukee County history to serve in the role. What's the problem? She's not. She's not the first woman to serve in the post. And they (laughs) sent out this big news release. County Exec's office quickly sent out a corrected release a little bit later in the day, noting that apparently Milwaukee County was fairly enlightened for its time and that actually Dr. Helen Young was the first woman appointed to the role in Milwaukee back in 1966. Did they qualify oh. the ina- first woman since this time or yes. this millennia? In the new news release, yeah. yes. First woman since <laughs> 1966. So actually, congratulations to Dr. Tlamek, and I. she's got a big job ahead of her, so take nothing away from that. And actually, not that big a deal, but... <laughs> 614 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Despite the recent snow, believe it or not, guys, the Brewers' regular season opener is right around the corner. The crew was in action Sunday afternoon against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and without a run scored yet in the fifth inning, Joey Weimer got the Brewers going with this. And the pitch. Line to the gap in right center. They're going to be on the board now. Weimer around first in the second with a standing run scoring double. And it is now 3-1 to one, Arizona. Bob Euchre on the call right here on WTMJ. That would score one there. And with Weimer at second base, Christian Yelich came up next. Target up by Moreno and the pitch. Hit in the air to left and deep. This one is tied 
Yelich would knock out his second homer of the spring training as the Brewers scored three in the fifth inning and would finish the game tying the Diamondbacks by a final score of 4-4. Four to four. Brandon Woodruff got the start going six innings strong, striking out six and allowing only three earned runs. After the game, the Brewers' former MVP Christian Yelich addressing the media about the young talent coming up in the Brewers' organization. You know, they're going to contribute at some point this year. They're both really talented. and uh, You know, you kind of just have to let them play in the big leagues. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. You have to get your footing. Um, it's, the, it's the toughest league in the sport, you know. So uh, you kind of have to take your lump sometimes. But they're they're super talented, and I think they're all going to be they're all going to be pretty good major league players. The Brewers are back at it today as they get set to take on the Colorado Rockies. First pitch is set for three ten. Over to the NBA after winning in Utah Friday night and losing in Denver the following day. The Bucks are back at it tonight. As they get set to visit the Detroit Pistons, the Bucks enter the day with only a one-and-a-half game lead over the Boston Celtics for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. Tip-off for Bucks and Pistons is at 6 p.m. tonight. You can catch full coverage over right here on WTMJ beginning at 5.30. And finally, over to College Hoops, where Florida Atlantic, a nine seed, continues to shine and surprise in March. Clock ticks. Noel dribbles. He's looking for someone. Masood got to put it up. Brian Anderson on the call there. FAU would go on to defeat the three-seed Kansas State on Saturday to book their first-ever trip to the national semifinals of the college basketball championship. Also stamping their first-ever trip to the national semifinals was San Diego State, who edged out Creighton 57-56, and Miami, who defeated Texas 88-81. UConn, who has been there before, would go on to easily take care of Gonzaga by a final of 82-54 for the first time in tournament history, the national semifinals will feature no top three seeds in the remaining two games. The national semifinals of the college basketball championship is set for Saturday tip-off with winners facing off in the national championship game on April 3rd. This college basketball tournament update is brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Coming up, opening pitch, bullseye, we are underway. About to hear that from American Family Field one week from today. There are deals for the Brewers First homestand of the season, and we'll look ahead to opening day next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Brewers baseball is back. The season opener this week, Thursday in Chicago. Opening pitch, bullseye, we are underway. A 121st pitch in Chicago Thursday. The Brewers preparing American Family Field for the home opener one week from today in Milwaukee and still a chance for you to get tickets. Brewers President of Business Operations, Rick Schlesinger, is live with us this morning. Morning, Rick. Morning, Vince. So let's start with that news. Opening day, always a sellout in Milwaukee. You're going to release some additional tickets today? Yeah, we've got some holds from uh, visiting team holds, some scout holds that we're going to release today, probably about uh, 500 or so um, in different locations, some of them pretty good. So uh, get a chance for people who don't normally uh, know that opening day tickets are available, that they can get some today. And uh, we, uh, we expect that uh, opener to be sold out and uh, looking for, for a great season here. Bang, bang. Uh, Rick, I know Brewers understand you've got a cost-conscious fan base, of course, and while you're always adding new concessions at the ballpark, you want those items to be affordable as well. So you're rolling out the 414 menu this year. I think that's going to be a hit with families for sure. 
Yeah, we, we are very conscious of the fact that people, you know, have limited funds. We know our tickets are very affordable. We want our concession offerings to be affordable. So we've got the 414 menu, which is going to be at every uh, at every level, about 12 or 13 different concession stands. Uh, they're going to have a hot dog, nachos, Cracker Jack, and a 16-ounce soda. Each of those are $4. And, again, they're a little bit smaller size, but uh, plenty big enough for, for kids and, and adults. And, uh, again, you get a chance for people to feel comfortable spending money knowing they're getting good value at the ballpark. Talking with the Brewers' Rick Schlesinger this morning, opening day at American Family Field is coming up a week from today. You start on the road, though, as we said, at Wrigley on Thursday, and then actually a really nice homestead then at AmFam, which will give us our first baseball weekend here in Milwaukee. So, you know, talking about families, Sundays at the ballpark are really special. I know you're going to continue the tradition of some great deals on Sundays, plus stuff for the kids to do. Yeah, we've got uh, Sunday's going to really be family day focused. So we've got uh, autograph Sundays, April through August. Um, Sundays we're going to have uh, 25 minutes for kids to get autographs of their favorite players down on the warning track where they're going to run the bases after the game. We've also announced a Sunday fun day bundle, which is four tickets, four hot dogs, four sodas, and parking just for $59. Again, for families who are looking to come to the ballpark, Without spending a fortune, Sunday is a great opportunity to do that. So let's talk a little bit of baseball, Rick, because I, you know, I texted you last night, and probably because I'm just a homer, but I actually am really excited for that the team that new general manager Matt Arnold is putting together. You heard Yelich homer again yesterday. Man, if he can be even a shadow of his former self and really put up some good offensive numbers this year, I'm high on the Brewers this year. What do you think about the product that is going to be coming to AmFam on Monday? Yeah, you know, I'm, I am too. Now, admittedly, I'm biased, but I'm, yeah. I'm very optimistic about this team because uh, we bring back the really good starting pitching, and the new rule changes really are designed for our team. We've got some team speed. We've got good defense. We get guys who hit the ball on the ground, and we added an all-star catcher. We added Jesse Winker. I think our hitting's going to be more balanced, less reliant on the home run, more reliant on, you know, hitting doubles and singles and getting runners in scoring position. And with our starting pitching, we're going to be very dangerous. So if we have health, which we do right now, um, we should have a really successful season and and, uh, can't wait to start playing on Thursday. You know, around here at the station, they were asking all of us for our opening day memories. I have so many back at Old County Stadium. Anything stand out for you as a kid going to the ballpark on that opening day? Yeah, I remember going to County Stadium for Hank Aaron's game when he returned to the Brewers. And I remember it literally snowing at the game. and, And I just was so excited to see him. Uh, you know, this is the legendary Hank Aaron who had the season before had just broken Babe Ruth's all-time home run record. Here he is, a Brewer, and uh, in 1975, and literally it's like 30 degrees, but I didn't care, and, and it was just a great moment. But, yeah, there's been so many. Um, it's just it's really a great experience, and I don't miss the snow, so we know that regardless of what the weather's going to be like on Monday, it's going to be 68 degrees and very very comfortable inside. Always appreciate the time, Rick, and look forward to talking baseball now and through the rest of the season. Thanks, Vinny. Yeah, Brewers President of Business Operations, Rick Schlesinger, and again, some additional tickets for opening day will be released today. So if you haven't got your seats but you want to go, that's out there for you. Twenty minutes before seven o'clock, a familiar face at Bucks games and a familiar voice on our station right next door, 1017 The Truth, is expanding her role on the air. What's up, Bucks fans? We are your in-game hosts. My name is Mel. I wake up every day for work at 5 a.m., so I usually will braid my hair if I want to wear it curly, and then I like 
like put it in a hood so I don't have like a bunch of braids. So I look kind of crazy right now, but. This is the last week we're going to make Melanie Ricks get up that early. She oh is gosh. launching her very own show on The Truth a week from today called Nothing But The Truth. She's live with us this morning to chat about it. Good to see you, Mel. Good to see you. How are you, Vince? Uh, I'm great. So Good. I'm so happy for you that you're not going to have that early wake up, especially given the flip that you do when you got a home Bucks game. Yeah. Some of those go late. It's quite the turnaround. They they go a little bit late, but I will say when you're working for a or with a team that's as good as ours, I mean, hey, tell me what time I got to wake up. I'll be there. <laughs> right. You got to run on adrenaline a little you bit. Know. So you're launching this new show. It's going to be yeah. in the afternoon. It's uh, noon to one, right? Yes. It's called Nothing But The Truth. Correct. So what are we talking about? Nothing But The Truth. The whole <laughs> truth. Okay. It's funny because when we came up with that name, I was like, so I can't lie got it okay good no all good no just kidding i mean you know you always want to deliver your version of the truth of course but it's going to be about all things you know life love uh advice milwaukee pop culture sports we want to just make it an hour of fun-filled entertainment for our listeners so is it just you solo then um so listen i never want to take credit for anything they're calling it nothing but the truth with melanie ricks but i'm also going to be in studio with kyle wallace uh, he's going to be kind of Wait, like... Wait, you going to put Kyle on the air? I, I know. Listen, <laughs> there were a lot of uh, voices that went into that decision. We'll, <laughs> most, we'll talk. Most notably, Kyle's. He's in charge. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's going to be great. Uh, Kyle and I, I think we have a good rapport. It'll be fun. Truth is what, two years old now? Yeah, believe it or not, already. So what do you... What do you think that radio station is in our community? What do you hear when you're out there and people see you at Bucks games and they say, I listen, you're like, why Why are they listening to the radio station? What are you doing in the community with, with that platform? Yeah, thank you for asking that. So first off, it's Milwaukee Black Talk, but I think uh, people have very quickly realized it's so much broader than that. Um, I think that a lot of the conversations that we have are relatable, they're needed, and um, I think that we're giving a voice to some of the voiceless. And what's interesting is a lot of our listeners, especially the ones that approach me, are definitely not black. You know, they they are everything under the sun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'd say I love that people realize it's not just for a black audience. It's for any listening audience. You know what else I notice when I listen to the station is the diversity of opinion yeah. on the station oh my from gosh, hosts, yes. from the people that call in. And I think sometimes, you know, in politics, we look at things through a lens of here's the black vote, mm-hmm. right? And it's a block. Yeah. And it, But if people listen to the radio station, they realize there's a lot of diversity opinion within that group. And they can hear that on 101.7 The Truth. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Well, and it's interesting because even growing up, I would hear, you know, there's a black, a black like a dialect or a black way of talking or dressing or whatever it may be. And I, in my mind, it'd be like, what does that even mean? I don't even understand. And so I think, you know, with any cultural group, you're going to still have the, the subculture where it's like, yeah, I may be under this big box, but then the way that I was raised may be not fit into that exact box. Well, since you're here, I've got to talk you to you a little bit about the energy inside Pfizer yeah. Forum as we are building up. I mean, eight games left for the Bucks, not a lot of home games left, and then we hit the playoffs. <sighs> it reaches a different level inside yes. that building, though, right, as soon as we start the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, and so another role that I have with the Bucks, I actually coach our dance team, and we just had our, our pre-playoffs, uh, you know, like pep talk, if you will, where I told them, you are so um, integral in the team success obviously you influence the fans you know you make a huge impact on them as soon as they walk through the doors and i think that the fans their energy is going to impact what happens on the court so absolutely everything goes up to the next level i talk all the time about no matter the sporting event or sport this is a show 
part of that show is yes. the basketball game. Absolutely. But there are so many other things, and you like lead that show through the game for the fans. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that. Well, and we realized, especially the year that we won the chip back in 21, and it's going to repeat again this year, but we yes, realized just how important we are for that. You know, the team couldn't have gotten it done without us, as was proven the year before in the bubble. It was hard for them without the fans, Ooh, I think. Good point. No, to no doubt. Point. Melanie Ricks, her new show, Nothing But the Truth, debuts a week from today, noon to one on 1017 The Truth. Great to see you, Mel. Thanks for having me. 645, Brendan Snide has sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers were in Cactus League action on Sunday, finished the game with a tie against the Arizona Diamondbacks by a final of 4-4. Four to four. Christian Yelich finished the game going 1-4-3, belting out his second homer of the spring training. And Brandon Woodruff, who got the start, went six innings, striking out six and allowing only three earned runs. The Brewers have only have two remaining Spring training games left and are back at it today as they take on the Colorado Rockies. First pitch is set for 3-10. The Milwaukee Bucks enter the day with a one-and-a-half game lead over the Eastern in the Eastern Conference for the number 1 seed over the Boston Celtics. The Bucks are back on the road as they get set to face off with the Detroit Pistons tonight at 6 p.m. Catch full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 5.30. And over to College Troops where the NCAA Final Four is all set. San Diego State, FAU, and Miami punched their first-ever ticket to join to the Final Four to join UConn in the men's national semifinal. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. The Milwaukee Bucks enter today with a one-and-a-half game lead over the Boston Celtics for the top seed in the Eastern Conference with only eight games remaining to play in their regular season. The biggest question for the Bucks: how important is that top spot? It's the great debate amongst Bucks fans and with only seven number one seeds in the last 22 seasons which have gone on to win an NBA championship, I'm not so sure seeding should supersede health. It's been an odd year for the Bucks too, which has seen their big three miss a combined total of 72 games with multiple different, different injuries. Of course, Chris Middleton missing the most. So then there's another question. Does this team need to play more together with the likes of guys like Jay Crowder, maybe Joe Ingles, who are newly acquired throughout the course of the season? Is there enough cohesiveness amongst this team to play against the rest of the top dogs in the association? The Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, to name just a few. My take, though, it's pretty simple here, as it usually is. The big three have enough time together for me to feel comfortable going into a series when the playoffs tip off in just a few weeks. However, though... My biggest worry is Giannis's wrist injury. That seems to be a thing of can't really get any worse, but really won't get any better type of deal. So, again, what should the Bucks do? Does earning the number one seed make their run to their second parade in three years easier? Yes, it absolutely does. A Game 7, if needed, at Fryserv is much more attractive than traveling out to Boston. There's no question about it. But if it means health is at risk, I'm not ready to risk the health of Bucks over <laughs> – over the fear of a Game 7 on the road, which may really not even be needed with this team. I think, personally, it's the best team that has been in Milwaukee for quite some time. Personally, I feel much rather better as a as a healthy team with Giannis, a rested Brooke Lopez, and a rested Chris Middleton on the road than a beat-up team at home. It seems, based on what some players have said publicly, the Bucks really want that number one seed. For me, though, I just don't think they need it. At 
653 with a possible indictment in New York coming as soon as this week. Former President Donald Trump back on the campaign trail, using the potential legal action as a rallying cry. From the beginning, it's been one witch hunt and phony investigation after another. That's the former president at a rally in Waco, Texas over the weekend. ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts is with us live from Washington this morning. Steve, I don't know if you're a Star Wars fan, and I don't want to get overly trivial with it, but the iconic words of Obi-Wan Kenobi keep coming to mind for me. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Former president, you know, using these multiple legal cases against him to rally his base, and polling suggests it's it's just what they want to hear. Well, you're right. I mean, in some ways, if Donald Trump could draw up a scenario to get himself back into the spotlight. Look, we're talking about him again, right, this morning. Um, that's what he craves. That's what he wants. And uh, holding out the prospect of being indicted. In fact, last week he kept talking about He kept saying, I'm about to be arrested. I'm about to be arrested because this was the way he kept the red light on. This is the essence of Donald Trump is to be the center of attention. But it's more than that. And the clip you played. It's also when he gets to the center of attention, when that red light does go on, what does he say? And what he says is grievance. What he says is, I'm the victim. Uh, He said in Waco to his supporters, when they go after me, they go after you. You could sum up Trumpism in one sentence. It would be that. Um, And it's been very effective. Think of the long list over years of all of the institutions that Donald Trump has said are out to get him, right? It's the deep state. It's the swamp. It's the special prosecutor. It's the FBI. It's the prosecutors in New York and um, and Georgia and uh, the Justice Department. This is the essence of Trump's appeal to his supporters. They're out to get us. They look down on us. They disrespect you. They hate you. uh, And I'm the one who can save you. And this is why Donald Trump's loving it. And it's not just that he's getting a lot of attention. He's also raising a lot of money because the fundraising appeals go out and say, see, I told you, they're out to get us, then money. Talking with Steve Roberts, ABC News political analyst. So, Steve, the fact that some of these investigations of the former president over the years, you know, certainly case in point, the Russia collusion story that never resulted in any criminal charges or anything from that that actually helps the former president, because not all of these situations are the same, but you have some of these where they investigated, they investigated, they came up with virtually nothing, and he points to that and says, see, I told you. Well, right. You know, and the the Mueller investigation, now that, of course, is kind of murky, because um, in the end, the special counsel found a lot of evidence of collusion, but never felt he could bring a criminal case. And of course, um, no president, sitting president has ever been indicted. So it, it was kind of murky, but you're basically right in that uh, Trump has used this as fodder, used this as evidence to say it's all a witch hunt. It's all phony. It's, it's all unfair. And he puts his Republican critics in a real bind when he does this, because if, if, you're, if you ask people why you for against Donald Trump, there are a lot of Republicans who say, I want to move on from Donald Trump. But if you frame the question, are you for Donald Trump or are you for a liberal Democratic black district attorney in New York City? Come on. There's not a single Republican who's going to defend the district attorney in New York. Um, And even people like Mike Pence, who have been increasingly critical of Trump as a candidate, uh, have been uh, forced, in effect, to rally around him and say any indictment would be unfair. So 
Now, short term, I think this really works for Donald Trump. It keeps him in the spotlight. He raises money. It solidifies his base. What worries a lot of Republican strategists is that what works in the primary is not going to work long term. It's not going to work in the general election. It really isn't necessarily a good look when you want to be a reelected president uh, to be indicted, to be facing criminal charges, to be to remind all of those voters out there in Milwaukee and everywhere else who are tired of the chaos, tired of the confusion. You know this better than almost anybody else uh, in Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin, where Trump fatigue uh, was enough to change the votes in, in, in one of the most critical states in, in, the, in the country two years ago. And that's exactly what Republican strategists worry about, that um, Trump will manage to win the nomination on the wave of support of his core supporters. But when he faces the general elections, it could be a very different um, uh, situation. And a lot of the uh, ideas and a lot of the arguments and a lot of the slogans that worked in the primaries are not going to work nearly as well in the general election. ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts with us on Monday mornings. Thank you, Steve. Great to catch up. Anytime. And the grand jury does reconvene this week in that case that we mentioned in New York. 658 on Wisconsin's Morning News.